Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Voodoo Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to the show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is my friend Michael J. Carter. Thanks for coming on, brother. It's always good to be back, brother. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. We got, we got a heat wave here. It's 41 <laughs> 41 degrees. I don't even know what it is here. I'm hoping it's over 20. Let me see. <laughs> 33. So it is above well, 20. That's not so bad. It was like in the... Actually, two days ago, we it was like two degrees. Um, you know, it, and it steadily climbed up to a whopping 16 with 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. You see, I'm getting soft and I'm getting older. I'm talking about the weather all the time. You know, I knew I was getting older when I watched the Weather Channel, but uh, here we are, and uh, it's good to be alive on a brisk day, and uh, the last day of January 2022. Boy, did this month go, wow. It was quick, especially for a long month. It was month. quick, man. It's kind of amazing. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. I'm you looking forward to spring. It, then you get like, oh my <laughs> Life goes, it, it's going fast. But, uh, you know, with, with February's here and we'll see what the groundhog does and then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. Yeah, I, the I don't know. He's not uh, seeing his shadow this year. You know, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's funny that we as a species, well, at least here in the West, we're like, did the groundhogs see a shadow? <laughs> With all this technology and stuff. What, what did the groundhog? Did you hear from him? I'm waiting to hear. I haven't heard from him. Um, well, whatever it is, we'll just have to, to deal with it. But uh, it's it's good to be alive. It's good to be here. And, um, you know, I'm watching my daughter grow up. Uh, she's got a, a boyfriend now, nice guy. And she says, Daddy, he reminds me of you. Which, you know, there's that old adage that, I guess it's reversed with guys, but, you know, you're the male um, kind of example. And so, if she, when, when you know, if, if, you know, whatever her deal is going to be, if she's going to date a guy, there's going to be a little bit of you and the guy. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. But I'm glad she's happy. He's a nice guy. I've only met him electronically. Um, uh, her mother has met him. They've gone out on a couple of dates, you know, the mother goes, his mother goes and sits on the other side of the movie theater with his sister, uh, that kind of thing, like a chaperone, but not right underneath him. He seems like a nice guy. So she's happy, and I'm just watching her grow. She's going to be 16 in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be on eligible for Medicare <laughs> <laughs> Woo! In, in July. So I need to be filling out some forms and stuff next month. And I start getting a little pension. It's not a lot of money, but from the Actors Union, 
the, the TV and radio union. Um, I get a little pension starting in August and I got to fill out all this stuff. So, you know, I'm 65 in July, man. And I think we talked about it before, how time just goes. And um, if I'm if I'm going, wow, the first 65 just went like lightning across the sky. Let's say I get another 30. Mm -hmm. Just think how fast that's going to go. I know. If I get that, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's just a wishful thinking. So I'm just kind of taking it all in and making the most out of the days and, um, you know, trying to be a good person and all yeah. that and, uh, and, and see what life brings. Did you ever look back and wonder um, about what your life purpose is and whether you've been able to fulfill it or not? You know, um, it's a great question. I would say yes on both counts. Um, I feel like I'm doing my life's mission, which is, I'm glad you asked, it's just to learn to love and to learn to accept people and myself where we are, where I am, to try to make it a little better place, you know, raise the frequency a little, just to try to love my neighbor as mm -hmm. I love myself. And I look back, you know, I love the Kierkegaard quote, right? Look, life is lived forward, but it's understood backwards. I, I take the time to reflect over my life. I do. Usually it's, um, I do it in my meditations, but I do it at the end of the year. I look back at the trajectory. And right now I'm making plans. Um, and you know, the old saying, you want to make God laugh, you tell her your plans, but, um, <laughs> You know, where do I want to be in the next 30 years, right? Um, looking for a home with my partner, she and I. We're actively doing that now. Uh, you know, actually getting my daughter ready. You know, put, we've been putting money away for her college. Um, thinking about retirement. Not that I'm going to, but in five years, I'll be 70. I'd like to be able to say if I wanted to, I don't want to do this anymore. Um that doesn't mean I'll stop writing and speaking and talking, but as far as running that church, it's crucial that people do it. So I'm glad you asked the question. And yes, think, you know, you make plans and they can fall through, but I think it's good to write down where you want to be six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, because that time goes. And if you wind up aiming at nothing, you wind up hitting nothing dead on the head. Today I woke up, I said my prayers, I did my meditation. And I wrote my goals down again. I have them in my book. I read them every day. I should read them at night. But I remember hearing someone say, write your goals down, read them in the day, read them at night. And at the end of the year, you'd be surprised how many of them came true. Hmm. So I think it's important that you do that. And, you know, was it who was it? The unexamined life is not worth living. Um, and of course, Malcolm X is quoted as saying, the unexamined faith is not what worth having. So you want to look at it. What is it I believe? Because what you believe now, you may not believe five years from now. You may not right. believe next week. And so you want to keep examining. You know, am I growing? Is this really making sense to me? I did that with religion. I did that with my religion of origin. I kept examining and some things didn't work. And I had to look at that.
not knocking other people who have worked for them, but this doesn't, this narrative isn't working for me in my life. And so then you, 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 you negotiate, you navigate. Mm -hmm. So it's crucial to, to, to do that. Hmm. And do you think that you've accomplished everything that you've wanted to accomplish up to this point? I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I think about Dr. King towards the end of his life when he wrote a sermon called Unfulfilled Dreams. Um, and I'm not comparing myself to Dr. King, but examining, um, you know, appealing the onion for him, realizing that he, I have regrets. I'm not going to live to be 100. I'm probably going to die violently. Um, but I will say that I'm uh doing mostly what I've set out to do. I give an example. When I was much, much younger, I was very, you know, which I am now, but I was into metaphysics and the picturing, visualization. And I visualized myself sitting in an office with my degrees hanging on the wall and people coming to me and I'm doing hands-on energy healing. I'm doing counseling. This was years ago, before I before I left the theater, I was on the way to become mm -hmm. a minister. And, you know, about six months ago, a year ago, I'm sitting in my office looking out the window, and it dawns on me. You created this. People come to me. I give them Reiki or whatever it is that's coming out of my hands now. My degrees are on the wall. I'm in a church. People are coming to me for pastoral care. What I visualized, I created. And I remember listening to, what's this, Paulo Coelho, the, the Brazilian writer, and he, he was talking about the law of attraction. And he was saying that, he was talking to Oprah, and he said, what I've experienced in my life is that everything I wanted, you know, everything I really want, I always got, he says, both positive and negative. He said, because the universe does not think. I believe it does, but in not like we think. The, the, the universe reflects back to you what you are, what your vibration is. And he said, the universe is helping you. If you want to be successful, the universe is helping you. And so... I look back at my life, even before reading that, listening to that, and mostly everything in my life that I that I really wanted, I got. Not always when I wanted it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm intentional. And I write down, and every morning I, I visualize, what do I want? I want to be married maybe by the end of the year, maybe. Uh, uh, you know, uh, not maybe, I, I'm doubting my partner, but, you know, that's, that's one of my goals. Right now, the goal is to get a house. Just found out today from the bank that they, they, they like our credit, okay? Uh, uh, my partner has to get, turn in a little more information because she owns her own business. So I'm writing these things. I wrote these things down. And I, where there's no vision, the people perish. So you got to see where you want to go. You may not get there, but if you shoot for the moon, you hit a star. But if you just kind of wander through life, it goes and you're going, wow, where did it all go? You're going to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. But you're like, where did it all go? So I got some goals, you know, just regular old goals. 
want to have want to be a little more financially stable um want to be comfortable uh want to be a good dad want to be you know a good partner i write all that stuff down um want to keep up the healing work and that kind of thing but those are my goals and you know remember uh, joseph campbell said when you're on a journey and it looks like your goal is getting further and further away which i'm not saying is happening to me but it does for some people why is it not happening it looks trying to get there and this happened you get it that the journey is the goal mm -hmm. the journey is the goal and so that's how i kind of go about it and so far it works interesting like i know like when i was younger i only thing i visualized myself doing was playing music and that never really happened i didn't really expect to be doing this but uh i don't know I love doing it. So, <laughs> but then again, you know, 1975 podcasting didn't exist. So, how can I visualize? Right. And, you know, it's, in 1975, I was graduating from high school. You know, so what did I really even know what I really wanted? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, but, but there are some people like I knew when I was a kid that I was going to be a minister. I knew that. And, I just didn't know what form that would shape. I felt like a priest or whatever. And then as time went on, but it stayed with me. I think I carried it over from another lifetime, but it stayed with me. And then I became an actor. But again, I knew that I would be doing something in front of large groups of people. Mm -hmm. When I left the theater, then I said, well, maybe I'll be a therapist, which is like a secular priest, you know? Um, but, and then finally, I wound up becoming a minister, going to seminary and what have you. But as far I knew I would be doing something in communication where I'd be around people and there would be an exchange of energy. I knew that. And here I am. Um, but it wasn't willy-nilly. You know, when I decided what I wanted to do, I put my energy on it. When I said, I don't want to be in the theater anymore, I had to refocus my energy. Right. Get a job. How am I going to support myself now? Um, where, where, where am I, what's, what seminary am I going to go to? Uh, what do I want? You know, I had to refocus, but if you can see it and you focus on it, you can make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and I guess I look at it too, from my perspective, like even with the music, my, my, like the metaphysical thing has been with me since I was about 12. You know, and even through music, I think, you know, one of my goals always through music was to try to open up people's consciousness somehow to give yes. them new ideas. So yes. in, in a way, I am still have achieved that, in, you know, just oh, through no a different, different medium, but same, same right. end result. That's right. That's exactly right. And um, so it makes you broaden. OK, first you just had music. OK, beautiful. But then you had to, you know, so the artists creativity and then you broaden it right mm -hmm. and so now like you say I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing different medium and who knows you may go back to music you may do music in conjunction with this you may just do music for relaxation you haven't let music go no so yeah and and but but look how powerful it is because when you when you make a decision and um that's why i'm teaching my daughter um 
and she gets that. She probably got it before. You know, these kids are wired very differently these days. But, I, you know, I make that a priority, especially she wants to be, she's an artist and she sings and she wants to pursue that. And I'm all, I'm with you. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm with you. But how are you going to support yourself? Would, you know, you want to have some other stuff going on. But you just, if that's what you want to do and you believe it and you own it, um, you certainly can make that happen. Mm. Certainly can make that happen. Do you believe that as long as people have set goals that the universe will automatically provide? Yes. I hesitate because, um, okay, let's say I say I want to be a successful artist. I can say that. But if I don't really believe it, the universe is going to mirror back to me what I, my subconscious is. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go around saying I'm blessed and highly favored and life can be kicking your butt every day. I want to be careful because I'm not saying blame the victim. Sometimes things happen in life. But, okay, I'm 65 in July. I guess I keep saying that to make it real. Um, <laughs> but I'm ju I just started getting it maybe five years ago that all the good that comes to me, I deserve it. I'm a good person. And that's not guaranteed that everything's going to be. I'm a hardworking person. I try to be an authentic person. So I had to shake off what my religion told me that I needed somebody to save me that I'm not worthy, that if it wasn't for this, that, and the other, I'm a miserable sinner. I'd get rid of that. And even sometimes those things, those tapes play. But the universe is, wants me to, is helping me be successful. I have to believe it deep down that I deserve it. Because if you don't believe it, when I was dating, I used to meet people, meet these women, and I had done some internal stuff about what I wanted, because sometimes what you don't want in a relationship is just as important as what you do want. <laughs> but I had met women who would say, who sometimes they would say it, but they didn't think they deserved to be happy. They had been dogged by other guys or, you know, whatever the trauma or whatever it was. And I would say to them, the few that I kind of really like, you're going to do something to screw this up. See, I know what I want. I've been married twice. It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> um, and so I had to do a lot of soul searching where I was not conscious in a lot of ways. But nevertheless, those women did wind up doing something that I just could not do. I've been there, done that. And I don't want to be with you if you're just kind of finding yourself and you're not sure who you are. Mm -hmm. And you're not, I, I'm not sure. Okay, it doesn't make you a bad person, but I know where I need to be or where I want to be. And, 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 and they would do stuff, consciously or unconsciously. And it was just that they didn't believe, and some of them admitted to it. And I'm not saying this like I'm the be all end all. I did the same thing. But I'm at a time in my life, this is what I like in a partner. I do want a partner. I just don't want to be the playboy of the Western world. I did that when I was younger. And so so then I started drawing to me what I wanted. And you have to be, you know, flies come to the light as well. 
and I don't mean flies that you're not human or whatever, but when you're at a, a different frequency, you attract people on that frequency, but you'll also attract people not on that frequency because they're attracted to the energy. And you have to have the discernment and whatever to say, this is not where I want to be. Right. But I deserve, and I, I work on it, you know, sometimes those voices, but I deserve the good that comes in my life. I deserve it. Hmm. And so I'm willing to accept it. My arms are open to the universe, to God, whatever. The blessings that you are sending me or the gifts that I'm attracting or all of those, I deserve it. Because if you don't believe that, it won't happen. And that's why I said earlier, the universe is not thinking, but the universe responds to your vibration. Right. And if your vibration is undeserving, or I'm not sure, that's what will be mirrored back to you. If you don't know what you want to do, then that indecisiveness, the universe will win it back. Once you make a decision, even when it's wrong, you've made a decision, and the universe can help support that. Mm-hmm. And you can change your mind if it's not where you want to go. Just make the decision. I think, too, also there are steps sometimes. Sometimes we have to go up a few steps to get where we need to be. Yes. Yeah, oh, no question. Look, I'm just getting this at 65. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, I know it up here, <laughs> but you got to know it down here. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I knew it intellectually, but it's, you know, going through all that emotional stuff, the stuff that you were taught, the stuff that maybe your parents laid on you, or the stuff that society lays on you. And so it's, it's gradations. Hmm. I agree with you. Yeah, and I like what you said, too. Like, the affirmations themselves are good, but they need to be backed up by the emotion and the correct yeah. thought process. If those yes. two things aren't in place, then the affirmation or it's just words. It's just words. And, and that may mean going to therapy. That may mean going to, you know, maybe, you know, it's going to, you had to put the work in. I mean, you know, it just, you know, I had to really get it. I mean, I grew up, like most of us in Western culture, that I was not deserving of the good. Um, speaking religiously, that someone had to die for me because I was a worm. I, it wasn't said that way, but I was a miserable sinner. And it's like, with that religious belief, how can I believe that I'm deserving of good when I'm being told that I'm not? Can't. It doesn't make sense. But I didn't know that then. And I want to be clear with listeners, if that that works for you, that's fine. I'm just saying that um, if I don't believe that it's the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom then I'm not going to accept it. I'm always going to do something to mess it up because deep down, I don't think I deserve the love. Deep down, I don't think I deserve the abundance. Deep down, I don't think I deserve the good health. Deep down, I don't think I deserve the, what, whatever. You fill in the mm-hmm. blank. But once I said, yeah, I believe that I deserve that. Why not me? Right. It's happening to everybody else. Why not me? Interesting. You know, one of the things that I've been doing you know, or we're going to try to do like differently for this next year. It's like, you know, we mentioned meditation and the goals and things like that. Um, one thing I want to try to do too, and I find it useful, is trying to look at things from a higher perspective. You're trying yes. to view things from 
not from from my earthly self, but maybe like from a, the, the self of a higher self that would want better for me and, and, and try to look at my life and myself from that higher perspective. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I call it from a higher altitude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's what metaphysics is about. Metaphysics is looking above, going above. And so, yeah, yeah, your thoughts create your life. Buddha says it, Jesus says it in so many words. Uh, Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor, said it. Yeah, thoughts are things. And once you get that, and this is not putting your head in the sand like an ostrich, but once you get it, I mean, even with this COVID thing, man, uh, you know, yes, it was a drag. Um, it is a drag. But I kept remembering, you know, we, this is not the first time we've had plagues and pestilences on the planet. And so, you know, the good came out of it. For me, I spent more time alone. I got the plan. I got to, you know, just see where I was when I was in lockdown. Um, it made, made, collectively speaking, people had to rethink. You know, I remember, what's essential? essential workers. Now we realize everybody's essential. Mm -hmm. The garbage person who picks up your garbage, the academic professor, the president, the senator, we're all, it took a virus to do that. Um, Just knowing that the Buddhists say nothing good lasts forever, but nothing bad lasts forever either. So there's always change. You could look at life that way, or you could just bitch about it. That, that it's not, life is not uh, bending itself, contorting itself to what you think it should be. You could do that, you know? Then you just have to say, how's that working for you? <laughs> I think you, know? you just create and, yourself more headaches. <laughs> yeah, and no one's going to want to be around that. And yes, when things are down, they're down. And you, you're down with them. Yeah. But you know, there's a Zen Buddhist saying, seven times down, Eight times up. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's okay to fall down. You just don't stay down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know for me, if it wasn't for the pandemic and everything that happened, I would have never started this podcast. I would have never yeah. talked to all these incredible spiritual people from all around the world and learned as much as I have. Yes. And hopefully, yeah. by by you know putting it in the podcast, it's helping other people as well. Of course, it is, and that's looking at life from a higher perspective, looking at life from the higher altitude. And, um, you know, you know, it's, it's, but everybody that doesn't work and if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. It works for me. And, uh, you know, we all find our ways. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing that helped me out a lot was, um, giving up having to be right. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much inner peace that has brought me. That and, uh, and of course, we've touched on these topics in other podcasts. That and really not worrying about things I can't control. Yes, I can bitch about them and, you know, because we're human, but not staying in that place. Like, I'd like to see the government run differently. I'd like to see things run differently in, in many facets of life. If I can do something about it, then I will. But if I can't, that's it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm going to do what I can. 
And what I can't do, I don't worry about. Because that's the sure way of just being an unhappy person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I do is like I will react to things sometimes that I don't like. I won't hold on to it, but then, but then afterwards, I'll beat myself up a little bit for even feeling that emotion to begin with, which, you know, is obviously counterproductive. Yeah, you don't want to beat yourself up, and 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 I, the word, you know, that you use, um, sometimes I find it helpful. Instead of reacting, I just say I'm going to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, sometimes reacting can be knee jerk. It's like reading an email that really upsets you or someone says something to you that really upsets you and you just say, I'm not going to respond right now. Because if I respond, if I do, it'll be a reaction. It will be a response. Right. And that's difficult to do sometimes, but that's part of it. That's part of the Buddhist philosophy. It's part of stoicism that, you know, maybe you wait a little while before you respond. Well, sometimes you don't respond at all. But again, you're responding and not reacting. Mm-hmm. It is a difference. Yeah. A lot of the times, the best thing I can do is nothing. There's an old, what's the old meme? A wise person once said, nothing. You don't have to, you don't have to attend every fight you're invited to. You don't have to attend. Nope. You want to fight? Fight by yourself. Now, you'll find that that gets people angry, too, because you won't engage them. Mm. But that's their problem. Yeah, it's not yeah, mine. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's just not worth it. Why why am I doing this? This is gonna make me unsettled. Anybody who's on Facebook comes across that every day. I have a friend, well we're not that tight anymore. And I and I you know, this not he's not the only one. But he gets in these arguments with people who he doesn't even know. And some people say, Oh, well, that's my way of trying to change the world and okay, how's it working? Because why argue? You don't even know these people. And the other thing is sometimes like he'll, he'll write stuff. It could be ranging from whatever he had for dinner or whatever. And people don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't care. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe someone will get on just to engage. But I'm like, wow. It's the, but, but, you know, it's what makes media media. I'm I'm trying to spend less and less time on it. Yeah. Just for my sanity. Yeah, it, it can have an effect. But, but it's hard because something, you know, every 10 minutes I'm looking, I get something, let me read something. So I'm really saying, you know what I mean? Just put it down. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough yeah. when you're when you're also sort of working in the media to avoid the media. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but you can still regulate mm-hmm. how much time you spend. You know, because I've been catching myself more now. I'll get up, and I used to have a ritual where I'd read something, but sometimes I get right on, see what's on Facebook, and then next thing you know, I'm on there for 30 minutes. That's 30 minutes of my life. But when you're on it, yeah, you you, you got to be on it. But there's still, you know, you can you can still regulate. I'm on it for work. Um, you know, you you can regulate it because if you. Well, see, on my phone, it gives me the end of the week how much time I've been on. Yeah, mine too. But but you're working on it. See, I'm not working on it. And uh, so I, I, I need to say, hey, you know, um, 
Today I got a late start. Well, not late. I, I didn't have to. I worked from home today. But my first 30 minutes, I mean, yes, I write in my journal. I read something inspirational. Um, it's right next to the bed. But after that, I got on Facebook and for 35 minutes, I was just scrolling and looking at what? Let me see what they said about the Super Bowl. Let me say what they, I mean, about the, the, the thing. I watched the games yesterday. I'm just, I'm just trying to be more conscious of it. I'm not saying get rid of it, but I'm just trying to be, because whether it's Facebook or whatever, part of a spiritual discipline is how you spend your energy. Mm -hmm. Where do I give my energy? To whom do I give my energy? Right. To what do I give my energy? It's all awareness. If I get aggravated with something on Facebook or something, what I'll usually do is I'll put my, my phone in another room and then go do something else, like play music or something I enjoy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying don't get on it, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying, you know, um, it's because the time goes so fast. Yeah, you, like five minutes can turn down into like two hours. Boom. Yeah. And the ego, you know, you want to oh, know, they like my post. They like this. They, they know. And, you know, it's... Uh, I, 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 it's almost like money to me in the sense of people say money is evil, the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. It's how we look at money. Well, for me, social media, there's a lot of good things about social mm -hmm. media to me. But like anything else, it can take over. You can consume you. So you really got to, you know, you know, you really got to gotta say, okay, this is my weakness here. I can really eat all these potato chips. <laughs> so I need to, <laughs> I can eat all these carbs. So you just need to regulate. Somebody else may already be able to do that. Good for you. Maybe there's something else that they can't do. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to go to an extreme. Right. It helps people who are lonely. It gives them that, you know, I'm in touch, I'm with someone. So it, 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 it has its merits. Um, but it, But you have to, you know, what's his name? Who owns it? Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah. It's not his job to p police your emotions and feelings. You have to be able to do that. He's just trying to make money. Now, you know, you know, if there's disinformation, stuff like that, yeah, he has a responsibility. But basically, it's up to us to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to put Zuckerberg down now. And uh, I'm going to go for a walk. You know, I'm going to go see my friend. I'm going to go have a beer. I'm going to, yeah. It's, that's up to us. That's not up to him to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of funny. I I had put up a post recently on Facebook. That I didn't even think twice about it. I, you know, and it was about Yuri Geller and one uh -huh. of his predictions. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not expect the response. It was like the oh, most yeah, the most comments yeah. I've ever gotten on a post was on one that. about Yuri Geller. I may have seen that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's it's amazing. I, I, I look at it sometimes and there are people who feel like they have to respond to everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I gotta respond to that. <laughs> and then there's people who someone may make a statement and they yeah, they have to respond. They have to it's almost like a debate or whatever. Very, I can count the times on my hand where I've 
fallen into that trap, but I have. But now I just go, not unless maybe it's something so egregious. But usually I just say, okay, that's that's the way you feel. Because people get on there, man, and they are ready. All that aggression and whoo. Yeah, yeah. So so now I'm gonna to try to get Yuri on my podcast. <laughs> All right. That's that's a good thing. So. That's a good thing. So I I'm taking it people didn't like what you had to say about Yuri. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I kind of like I don't know about the whole spoon bending thing, you know, but but I know his work with SRI was legit. Yeah. I, know, I know other people that were involved in that project. So, <laughs> and uh, so I, I guess I'll try to get Yuri on and tell his side. Yeah, on. get him on. <laughs> get him on. I mean, that to me, that's the mature thing to do, and it's there. Yeah, and I'm sure people will tune in. People will tune in, and that's what you want. Yeah, it is what I want. You kill two, you kill two birds at one stone. Yeah, I, I, something that I didn't think was a popular topic turned out to be. So it was a little bit of a research, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, man, what a world. Yeah. What a world. <laughs> I'm telling you. So it's Monday. Ooh. It is Monday. Monday and Tuesday are my days off. Podcasting days. You're my first for today. And then later I have Richard Ireland or Mark Ireland. His father was a guy who would um, he, he, he would duct tape his eyes closed, put a blindfold on, and then he'd put a hood over his head. And he would be able, people would read a serial number on a dollar bill just to themselves. And he would be able to read their minds and tell them what it was. Yeah. In fact, he yeah. used to perform with the Yuri <laughs> So you're connecting the dots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. My day off is Friday. My day off is Friday. I used to have Mondays off, but uh, another minister friend said, man, why don't you just make it Friday? And it feels better. I mean, you know, it's I don't have a lot to do. On Saturdays and of course Sundays, most Sundays, three Sundays out of the month, I'm working. But I, li I like having Friday, um, and I, you know, I kind of dig working from home. Um, and it'll change when people, when the COVID thing dies down a bit. But it's nice to to work here mm -hmm. from home. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm at the church. Mm. And of course, if there's an emergency or something, I go out there. But yeah, I don't have. I was going every day before the uh, uh, Delta thing came with when the other one, first variant, died down, and uh, but then when it, when it got back up again, the Delta thing came, the Delta variant arrived, and then people just said, "Why don't you just stay home?" And then we hired an administrator. He's there Tuesdays and Thursdays, and rather than have him sit there by himself, so it's just us two there during the week. People stop in. They need to talk or groundskeeping, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm working from home Mondays and Wednesdays, Saturdays. Yeah, I don't know if I can. I like being around people too much to work at home. Yeah, see, I'm an introvert, so sometimes I can go. I, I, when we just had the ice thing here, I was home by myself for three days. I loved it, loved it. I did not go out of the house. I went grocery shopping because I knew it was coming. 
And uh, my books are here. Music's here. I want to watch a ball game. It's all here. I'm just the opposite. <laughs> That's like here, like we had the uh, 18 inches of snow, and I still went to work. Like I still drove to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what kind of work are you doing now? Um, right now, I'm working in a group home for disabled adults. Wow. So what do you do there? Um, well, it's, it's about to change. Like right now, the guy that I work with, he, he's very autistic. Like almost like he's not very functional. And the only time, only thing that time he's okay is if he's in a car driving. So I basically throw this guy in the back of the car and drive around for eight hours a day. Really? But he's leaving on Thursday. So after that, I don't know what I'll be doing. Yeah, but you'll still be working there. Yeah, I'll still be working there. Good. But it's, but it's been nice for the last two months just driving around with him in the back of the car listening to music and eating donuts. Yes. Yes, yes. So, see, you're, you're helping people. You're serving is what I'm saying. And I, I believe that's what we're here to do. There are many ways to do it, obviously, but you're serving. You're yeah. making that this guy, this individual's life a little better for those eight hours. Mm-hmm. A little more manageable. Yeah, it's the only thing that mellows them out. So yeah, good deal. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's a whole lot better than doing customer service for Comcast Cable. That's for sure. Is that what you were doing before? Oh, uh, I did that for about twelve years. Woo! <laughs> that that was that was painful work, man. Because <laughs> it was like being a thief. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Tell me why you say that. Because uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to convince people to spend two hundred dollars of their hard earned money on uh, on media content that <laughs> that most of it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So it was a tough sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough sell for you and for them, especially if you don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the people that 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 are hurting the most and and seem to need it the most, are most addicted to it, are elderly people. Yeah, you know, and that, yeah. that used to be because they're sad. alone. They're in the house. Yeah, that's all they have is their TV. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah, brother. I'm. Um, I'll switch gears a bit here. I have, uh, uh, you know, I'm, 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 the books are out there, and I'm hoping people are buying them, you know. <laughs> I think they are. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, sometimes I get on the radio, and I, I, I forget to even mention them. So I mention them now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want, if you want to look at my books, Reverend Michael J. S. Carter, go on Amazon, check them out. They're there, and they're very relevant. Absolutely. Very yeah, relevant. Yesterday, I interviewed. Um, I don't know if you know him or not. His name is Paul Wallace. He's an Australian guy. He has a book called books called um, I think something Eden. Then he has Scars of Eden. And now he's coming out with Echoes of Eden. And all his books are about misinterpretation of the Bible and, 
you know, that when what the Bible is actually talking about is mm -hmm. extraterrestrial. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, it's an idea whose time has come. There's another guy I know. He's in Canada, Ken Grassard. Uh, we did a couple of podcasts together. He wrote a book that I wrote a blurb for called UFOs in the Bible. It's it's just an idea whose time has come. And um, and uh, you know, after a while, you you know, you get it because you know. But um, right now, people are hungry for it. And it's an idea whose time has come. It's a lot of experiences now. I see it when I'm on Facebook talking about their experiences. I mean, more publicly. Um, now is the time. Because now people, not everybody, obviously, but people are willing to hear it. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, I, I, you know, I, as you know, I wrote the book on UFOs in the Bible. Then I wrote a book on, you know, consciousness and the Bible and UFOs. And then I wrote a book on healing and on uh, a calendar because I didn't want to get known as that's the UFO minister. But really, uh, and then this last book on what it means to be an experiencer. But really, that's what people need to hear now, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and so I try to provide, if I'm going to talk about the Bible in that way, I also, and, and I'm a clergy person, and people can argue, well, what do they know about the Bible? They, they didn't go to divinity school or what have you. Some did, maybe some didn't. But I also want people to realize that you don't have to give up your faith. If you are a Christian or Jewish or a Muslim, you don't have to give that up. And you can still have, have that paradigm that we're talking about star people. And that's what's crucial. My mom used to say, you never burst anybody's bubble until you have, unless you have something better to put there. And so I, I just want to make sure that, at least for me, I'm always cognizant of that. Whether we're talking about UFOs or not, just because Orthodox Christianity was not the path I could stay on doesn't mean it doesn't work for some people. Right. But a lot, most of the people that I know, when when they talk to me about this, they want to know: Can I be a Christian and still believe in this? And of course, my answer is a resounding yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're really you're just kind of interpreting it as it's actually written, rather than using somebody else's interpretation. You're saying it's an analogy. Yeah, you know, it's a possibility. We could be wrong. But in light of what's happening in the 21st century, because you see that we're being prepared for this new um, this new reality. I mean, yeah. just look at all the Star Trek shows that are out now. There's Star Trek Prodigy for kids. There's a brave new world that's getting ready to come out. I happen to be hooked on Discovery. Um, Star Trek Discovery. There's Picard. Uh, uh, there's uh, a new one coming out. This new show, Resident Alien. I don't really like it, but that. So we're being uh, gently swayed into this is the new world that we're going into. This is the new world of of, of going to other planets, of colonizing. Of you know, you got Tesla and a uh, Tesla, and you got um, Bezos. I mean. We're being guided, if you will. Um, there's a lot of science fiction movies and stuff out now. 
because this is where we're going. And so you, you want to be up on it. You don't want to believe the propaganda, but we're, our kids are being, this is it. Computers and artificial intelligence. Um, uh, we're going to, you know, take our wars into space. That's what all of this is about. I mean, I was a late bloomer to Star Trek, and for all the prime directive and all these noble intentions, intentions, Star Trek is about the militarization of space. That's what that's about. Mm -hmm. Now, if we had the wisdom that they try to um, display, prime directives and all that, maybe it would be palatable, but we're going to take our warlike ways out there. We're already doing it. I wonder if we'll be actually allowed to, though. I wonder if the extraterrestrials at some point will say, you can only go this far and that's it. If they right. haven't already. Sometimes I wonder like, I if that's why we didn't have, go back to I, the moon so many, you know, after right. the 70s. But I don't think that we care now. I think where we are technologically, some of it from their crash technology, um, that we're probably saying... We could we could fight you over this. I mean that's what we do. I mean that <laughs> yeah. bubble that bubble that's around Israel, where 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 you, the missiles can't uh, get the through. Dome. Yeah, that's that's extraterrestrial technology. No question in my mind. These new lasers, these new laser weapons that the Defense Department is experimenting with, and, and they have those already. Um, and, 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 you know, these, this technology about transhumanism and making, and I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm just saying that we could be using that technology for other things except besides war. I mean, and having these smart soldiers and these soldiers who they're going to be part human and part artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. That's what we, that's where we are. So it'll probably you know, always be this way. There'll always be the war side of it, and then it'll probably always be the spiritual side of it as well. Okay. Well, but the thing is, you can't live in a house divided against itself can't survive. This is what Yeshua says. And so you got to you gotta do what you have to do or get off the pot. Because if you don't have the spirituality to go with the technology, what do you do? You destroy yourself. I think that's what's happened this before. Happened, <laughs> this has happened on other planets. If we look at the data, if we look at the narrative, uh, some ETs have said, you know, you get, you're making the same mistakes that we've made. You got all this technology and you don't know what to do with it. You're too warlike. So you, you can't be in both camps. Not for long. We could argue maybe that's what happened to Atlantis. Yeah. Messing around with the energy and with these crystals. And not having the maturity, the vision, the spiritual maturity. Poof. That would be a bummer if that happened. Yes, it would be a bummer. <laughs> that would be a major bummer. <laughs> yeah, I'd hate to see this planet go. It's a good planet. Well, it may not be the planet that goes. It may just be us. Just be us. Yeah. The Earth doesn't need us to survive. Remember Klaatu, Neo's character says it in the remake of of the, uh, of the <coughs> Earth he says the Earth doesn't need us. We need the Earth. 
Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need it. No, yeah. no Earth, no humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Earth can go to its doctor and they're going to say, oh my God, I've got bad news. What? You've got humans. Oh God, I need a shot. <laughs> you got a human. What can you give me? I got to get rid of him. I'm itching him. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, you got humans, baby. Oh no. Do you think that there's already humans colonizing in outer space? That's a great question. Yeah, but I would say from a military. I wouldn't say like you know. Yeah, I think the military has. <clears throat> I you know. It's 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 yeah yeah I would say so I wouldn't be surprised I don't think it's a big colony I think it's probably if it is it's military um what's on the other side of the moon right um you know it's it's like the you know we're the la like when my dad worked for telecommunications at Fort Meade in the sixties and seventies they already had the internet they already had that oh yeah but when did we get it? 80s, 90s, 90s, really. Yeah. So they had had that for 25, 30 years. So just think about the stuff they have that they're not telling us that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have stuff that's 25 years ahead of before we find out. Yeah, maybe a little more. Yeah, yeah, because they, and they're the ones who's controlling. You know, you know they'll, they'll sell it to Lockheed Martin or they'll sell it to, you know, you can put this out, patent it and put that out. So, um, you know, but still, it doesn't compare to, you know, people, civilizations that have 30, 35th century technology, yeah. you know, and we're, let's say we have 22nd, 23rd century mm -hmm. technology. Let's say 25th, the good realm. So maybe we have technology that's a couple of centuries ahead. But um, um, these people are like some thousands of years ahead of us. You know what I mean? Can't even imagine what they possibly have and are capable of. It's impossible for them to think, of, think that far ahead. Of what? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hmm. You know, one of the funny things, too, I always wondered, like, like, when I was a kid growing up, I always assumed that by now, um, you know, we would already have been, you know, colonizing space. I thought we'd have flying cars like in the Jetsons. Um, I thought we'd right. have a whole lot more stuff than just Facebook. So I, I wonder... Well. So, but I guess those other things probably exist, but they're just not available to us. Yeah, I think we have more. I, th I think we just have more than they're letting us know. I, that, that's the only thing I can say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess the other thing too that that I've been has been coming up quite a bit recently is um, not just the military accessing you know space and aliens and things like that, but um, other dimensions, and that there's some type of stargate on this planet. Most people are saying that there was a stargate in Iraq, and that yeah. the, the actual war in Iraq had nothing to do with Saddam Hussein or oil or any of that, that it was all over the stargate. I've heard that. But we but we can't prove it. No. 
But what we do know is that it was about oil. That we know. Yeah. The other day, uh, I read something from a reputable, was a newspaper, and I hadn't read it anywhere else. But there's some pipelines over there in Ukraine mm-hmm. that we need to we need to hold on to those. Okay, so there it is again. It's you know well we want them to be sovereign and they can have their freedoms. You want the pipeline. That's why you're over there. Yeah. That's why you're over there. And 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 you're lying about so many things. Listen, Putin is not. Um, the nicest person in the world. But neither are we. And, you know, if we trace the history, we're not even talking about UFOs. Gorbachev made a verbal agreement, and you know what they say about verbal agreements, they're not worth the paper they're written on, that NATO would not encroach to Ukraine. Russia is a paranoid, but maybe they're not really paranoid. They, they went through World War II. They know what that's about. They got China, and they got NATO. They're, they're hemmed in. And we said, we didn't, but it wasn't written out, we will never encroach. You, you don't hear that in the paper. Once in a while. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing just the opposite of what we said we would do. And Putin sees what happened to Saddam Hussein. He used to work on our payroll. They saw what happened to Gaddafi. Gaddafi said, I'm not going to use the American dollar anymore. I'm just going to use gold. The United States says we can't have that. Our whole economy would collapse. So he winds up dead. And they tell him, oh, he was just a mean dictator and he was da 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 da. Come on. We're telling people how they should run their country when we've got these racial problems here, we've got economic problems here, we've got 1% of the country owning all this wealth. And we're going to tell other people what they should do in their countries? Come on. Yeah. The yeah. people are getting tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a <laughs> uh-huh. it's definitely true. Like, also, yeah. I, you know, like, I think, like, something like, you know, like, like the whole thing with Germany, like, Germany gets, like, most of their natural gas from Russia. Yeah. That's why, that's why they're, and people are angry with Germany, but Germany's saying, wait, let's slow down a bit. Let's slow down a bit. We don't want to rush to war. Of course not. Follow the money. They're getting their natural gas from Russia. Would you? You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, also, I wonder about the whole energy situation. Because I would assume that there's probably enough free energy in this world to go around. That we don't have to rely on things on like natural gas, oil. Um, you know, there's so many other ways to produce energy and to produce electricity that we shouldn't really be dependent on this stuff anyway. There's too much money in it. Oh, yeah. Too much money in it, brother. It's like if Jesus came back and put his hands on you and started curing cancer, he had some problems because you're taking money out of people's pockets. We don't want that. Um, yeah. If we started talking about these space beings are real, what's the next question? Well, they probably have some ways we can cure some of these diseases. They probably use zero-point energy. I don't think British Petroleum 
and Exxon would be very happy with that news. Do you? No, unless there was a way to cash in on it. Yeah. So they don't want that. They do not want that. You know, when I, one of the good things about me being, and I haven't cured cancer, I've had some miraculous, I would call, well, maybe that's hyperbole, had some really interesting reverses of people's health uh, by doing this energy work. But the good thing is I'm a minister. I got reverend in front of my name. I'm ordained. Because let's say I started doing this and started getting around and people, there were some big changes. The first thing they would go after me would be, you are practicing medicine without a license. I mean, they find ways to shut this stuff down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't have Jesus coming back here or anybody else doing that. I mean, really curing some of this stuff? Something would happen to you. Either your ta they find you in some tax thing or maybe your brakes would go off on your... Something would happen to make you stop that. Discredit you. There's too much money involved. It's not Mickey Mouse. These people play hardball. Hmm. There's so much money made in cancer, man, cancer research. So now, now you're using zero energy. You're going you're gonna to put a lot of people out of business. Yeah, Even just now with electric cars. <laughs> Knowing that that's better for the planet in the long run. Mm -hmm. We can't have that. No, yeah. we got to use coal, man. We got to use gas. Yeah. You see the resistance <coughs> because there's money to be made. Coal is the most ridiculous thing I've ever. <laughs> there's no need for me to still be using coal. <laughs> People using coal, brother. Just so, gas and coal. Yeah. just so a couple of guys in West Virginia can have a job. Yeah. And they can get that job doing something else, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Something far more yeah. beneficial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's too, it's too much money to be made, brother. Too much money. I wonder, like, you know, the whole cancer treatment. Like, if I had cancer, I don't even think I'd bother getting it treated. Mm. At least at least not by the medical profession, I wouldn't. <clears throat> well, I, got, I have some friends with cancer now. And... Um, one of them could be very serious. If this chemo is not going to work, mm -hmm. he's going to have a problem. It just it just reoccurred. Um, I mean, it's a choice. You know, you got to make your choices. Yeah, I, know, I guess after seeing what my mom went through with it, you know, and I wondered, like, man, was it really worth it for that extra six to eight months? Right, right, and that's a personal choice. I mean, um, the the thing is, though, is to is to do preventative stuff. Mm -hmm. Before it gets to that point, you know, with your diet and with your attitude and your health. Western, Western medicine is not predicated on preventative. They are predicated on, okay, we'll treat it now. But the thing is, is to watch your diet. That's stuff you got to do beforehand. And granted, maybe in your mother's time, they didn't have the information they had. There are a lot of variables. But the point is, is that... Um, you're in charge of your health. You need to research. You need to look. To, so, so you can do what you need to do to keep you. You're responsible for your health, not the doctor. Right. The doctor's responsible. The physician is responsible once you get there. And then you're still working together. But 
because they don't know. Um, and I see it even with the Reiki I do with that energy. People will, a lot of people come to me when it's too late. Mm -hmm. It's the last, oh my God, this is, you know, you, now you're grasping at straws. Where you can do both. You can use Western medicine and, and complementary medicine. Right now, I keep my immune system really high. My weakness is the lung. Uh, and so, but I take a lot of herbs and stuff. I take a lot of supplements. I had to do some mental cleaning house. But um, if your immune system is high, you can weather most any storm. Yes, there are those people who have autoimmune diseases. I don't have answers for that because they came into the world with that. So who knows what that's about. But I would say you came into the world with an immune system. And unless you do have autoimmune things or whatever, you, you, you come, we all come into the world with this immune system and your job is to keep it high. Hmm. And you can dodge some bullets that way. But you've got to keep it high with your supplements, with the good food. All of us can't afford um, an organic diet, but you can still go get some fresh fruits and vegetables. You can still not eat as much red meat. You can still try to get enough sleep. You can still get, you know, water as good as you can. I mean, but it's your job to keep that, you know, you take the vitamin C every day, eat the iron. You can still do that. Because now what we found out, I remember the very beginning of COVID and people were taking zinc and vitamin D and they were knocking that. And then six months later, they were saying, you know, vitamin D and zinc is good for you, for your immune system. <laughs> but you just told us it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know who to believe when it comes to that kind of stuff. Other than my own body. If my body reacts wrong to something, something I don't take it. If it seems to react positive to something, I do. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you can do the research too, man. I mean, you know, that's that's part of being... You know, research, what does vitamin C do for the body? When I worked as a chaplain, I noticed a decrease in the population of AIDS patients and people with cancer. Not a decrease in the population per se, that they died off, but they weren't coming as often. They, 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 got, they, 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 they became healthier uh, because what they gave them is 5,000 milligrams of vitamin C each day. Now, the average person needs about... Uh, 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams mm. of vitamin C. But vitamin C builds your immune system. So if you don't have cancer or AIDS, um, you need at least 1,500 milligrams a day. Of course, if you can get natural vitamin C, you do that too. But that's not made up or conspiracy theory. That's that's data. Your vitamin, oh, yeah. you, you need vitamin C. You need vitamin D, not unless you're in Florida or California, because in the wintertime, you don't, you're not out in the sun. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so those things you can research and you can do. Vitamin B is good for B complex is good for stress. So you want to add those to your regimen. And like you said, you trust the wisdom of your body. Agree 110%. You know? Yeah. Your body will let you know. And sometimes you do have, look, I don't like taking, I have to go get a shot every two months for the asthma. I don't have to, but so far it's working. I have nasal polyps, and so the shot they give me helps shrink the nasal polyps and opens my lungs. I do take that, okay, because it's miserable when you can't breathe clear. Yeah. But I also 
I also take everything I just said to you and more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember you, know? you told me about the black seed oil. Yeah, I took that this morning. Uh, it works miracles for me. Um, but, and I take both. But it's not the first thing I reach for. You see it on TV. You see, you see these uh, these commercials, and the side effects are worse than the disease itself. Oh yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah. You know, one of the best jobs I ever had was making fresh squeezed orange juice. Okay. That orange juice was amazing. Yeah. You drink yeah. a cup of like real orange juice from an orange. <laughs> <laughs> it is better than any energy drink out there. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and you, you can feel your body craving it. Mm-hmm. It loves it. it. It's it's cool going down. Yeah, I had a, uh, an orange yesterday, and I just ate it. And it was, oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. You yeah. know, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I taste the difference. It's very rare. Like, I like wines. I like good wine. And there's a, a vegan restaurant that we go to. It's expensive, but. And they have like organic grapes, wine from organic grapes. You can tell the difference. I can't afford to do it all the time, but it's different. And it's gentler on your body. And I still get the buzz I like. <laughs> <laughs> I still get the buzz. Jesus. <laughs> somebody at my job somebody at my job yesterday brought <laughs> cotton candy flavored grapes for her son. <laughs> it's the yeah. most unnatural, bizarre. Yeah, that tastes like diabetes. I uh, yeah. I watch I watch the fast food man, and I look at that, and I'd say that, and you know they give you the close up, and it's dripping with cheese, or it's really deep fried. And uh, I'm living here in the south, so everything's deep fried. Oh everything's yeah. Deep fried. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know they put the the the, the bread on it, and the and that. People, you know, I guess it makes their mouth water. I look at that and I say, that's a heart attack. That looks like a heart attack. Mm-hmm. They give you the fries with it and you have a soft drink. So you got the sugar and you got the saturated fats and you got the, the deep fried. And you eat a couple of those a week. And, and so it's good for the doctors. They make money off you because now your arteries are clogged. so it's like this whole everything is connected yeah and i eat i love french fries i I eat them in moderation you know i i I don't eat a lot of red meat i'm I'm a veggie i but i do eat fish i'll eat uh, i can't eat regular fish but i eat like shrimp or i'll eat um tuna fish canned tuna i can eat Mm -hmm. i got an allergy to the other stuff so it's everything in moderation but come on man yeah, I mean, I guess well, my staple would probably be pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But even then, you can get you can get pizza. I mean, it's nothing wrong with eating pizza. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cheese, it's tomatoes, it's yeah, wheat. You know, yeah. as long as it's all Natural. higher quality products yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how it's assembled. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can eat anything you want as long as it's in moderation. And or as long as you uh, exercise, mm-hmm. work it off. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can drink two beers, three beers, and I love it. Anything after that is going to put me to sleep and it's going to make my kidneys work over time. 
<laughs> and that's okay for a day or two. But if you do that shit three, four times, three, four times a week or every day, pardon me, uh, you're going to have to go see a, a, a professional. <laughs> it's like the one, the one thing I won't touch is, uh, is soda. I won't, I won't drink Yeah, I, soda. I don't drink soda. Yeah, it's, I mean, one, I mean, you're not going to get a buzz off. You're just going to, I don't know, it just makes me belch. <laughs> it's all that acidity and all that sugar. And, uh, yeah. And, and see, for me, when I was a kid, I had bad acne. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to stay away from things that would make the acne worse. So, and I just carried that on into now. But no, I don't drink. So I, I will, I have drink, had carbonated drinks. I like champagne. That's carbonated. Yeah, yeah I'll I drink like seltzer. Um, okay. And I like, there's, I get it, kombucha juice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some of that's carbonated, but I like it. But I'm not going to drink Coca-Cola or Sprite. <laughs> Kombucha could be pretty intense on <laughs> when, I, when I was working, I worked at a place where I was giving out free samples, and one of the things I was sampling was kombucha. <laughs> the look on people's faces was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not, when you look at it, it's not so appetizing. But, but it does grow on you. Like it did me. Well, it's good for you. It's good, you you, you know, if, you, if, your your gut is healthy, yeah. if your gut is healthy, you, you know, you're kind of healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I take a probiotic occasionally, you know, to keep my gut healthy. Yeah, those are things you can do to take care of your body. And the doctor's not going to tell you to do it. The doctor will tell you to take... Uh, here, take this. You can do the same thing without taking the chemical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of that stuff's just found in nature, too. Yeah. Well, all those drugs come from plants. Some, I guess. Some of those drugs, they don't know where they're coming from. That's true. I, I stand corrected. That is true. That is true. I'm not but exactly sure read, what they're making. But when you read the, when you read the after effects, you're like, wow. This is worse than what I'm taking it for. Yeah. But they'll still try to sell it. Listen, the NR, well, the NRA may not be as powerful as it once was, but the pharmaceutical companies are the, the one of the most powerful lobbies in this country. Yeah. Them, I guess, in uh, the gun people. And there's a reason for it. Uh -huh. Them and the gun people. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, NRA, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are powerful lobbies. Interesting. Dangerously so. Greed. Well, brother, might as well wrap this up. <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you, as usual. It's always a pleasure, brother. Yeah, I got to get out there and get some groceries and stuff. I'm going to go um, get some kombucha. I'm going to get some kombucha juice. Yeah, I think I'm going to get some yeah. now that we've talked about it. Yeah, but I gotta get I gotta get groceries. I got my daughter on Wednesday, and groceries are running low. And it's it's a nice day. This was a nice way to spend the afternoon, so a couple hours, hour and a half. So uh, keep up the good work. You too. And uh, you know, just stay in touch. I absolutely will. This is like my monthly uh, therapy session talking to you. It's all good, man. I love it. I love it, bro. So now I'm good for another month. I can survive. 
Yeah. Well, you got to have that, man. You got to have it. You got to have something. I mean, I have my things too, but yeah. I mean, that's why I even go to church. People go to church. I know some people in my church, they go to church for the, the, the social action stuff that we have a big, not big, but a very active social justice committee, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, all that. I love it. I'm not trying to be flippant. And, and some people just come for that. See, I come for energy to get me through the week. Because mm-hmm. if I got the energy to get through the week, I could do all that stuff on my own. Or I can do it with other people. I need the energy to get through the week. Yep. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, so we'll too. talk again. You got it. And uh, before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you and get your books? Okay. My website is down. I may get another one. Um, but you can find me at michaeljscarter at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to Michael Carter on Facebook or Michael J. Carter's, Reverend Michael J. Carter is my fan page on Facebook. And Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, just type in Reverend Michael J. S. Carter and all five books will come up. If you email me, I will definitely get back to you. And um, like I said, someone today said, man, you better, you, you better have a, you should get your, website back up so until then those are the mediums i'm using but uh i'll keep you posted all right well i'll put those links and notes to this episode so my listeners can find you get your books and contact you if they need yeah. any of your services yeah give me a call i'll awesome. respond or, or, or give me an email all right brother thank you bye brother gary stay well man you too hang on one second Just gotta play the outro you too i will can't wait till summer It'll be here. Believe me. Soon enough. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on film that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life.